Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Now, Rob, I say as always, but then last week, we, yeah. we didn't manage to do a show after the first week of the Premier League. Not to get in, into things too deeply. I had uh, a family thing that I had to take care of that week. You weren't feeling well. Um, so we are sorry that we didn't push something out, especially on such a big week when everything was finally back. Uh, so we're sorry about that, but we're back now. Better late than never, I think, is the thing they say. And yeah, now I've That's said a lot That's of what... words, and so now yeah. you say words. Well, it was actually good to be missed. I had like four people say, where the hell's the podcast? And I'm like, um, I didn't think anybody even listened to it anymore. <laughs> and I'm kidding. Um, yeah, we're back. I had a little bout of a strep throat last week. Had no voice. Felt like absolute poo. Unfortunately, Kevin had some family things going down, and we couldn't link up, man. That's what LinkedIn is for, but we couldn't link up. But, uh, <laughs> we aren't sponsored by ZipRecruiter. Otherwise, we'd make a reference to it right now. Yeah, I'm re- I'm, re- I'm re- sponsored by uh, DayQuil and NightQuil just to knock me the hell out. Um, <laughs> I will say I didn't actually check to see uh, who the advertiser is this month. If it is ZipRecruiter, that would be hilarious. Yeah, if if you listen to this and you hear ZipRecruiter, you're laughing currently at the joke. <laughs> yeah, you'd be um, like, why did they say they were supposed to be ZipRecruiter when they totally are? Yeah, man, they're liars. They're a bunch of jerks. They're just they're sandbagging, is what they are. That's what they, <laughs> they know. They know, man. Yeah, we know everything except we, we don't. Sometimes we don't. Um. All right. Well, Rob, uh, we'll just kind of hit some of the key points. From this weekend's uh, FPL action. We'll start with the two red cards. Jamie Vardy and uh, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Obviously the latter far more owned due to his low price. If you own either of these guys, what are you doing? Um, I'll start with Vardy because I don't think he's owned enough for people to be like, eh. It's only 5.7% of leagues right now. Um, Yeah, I mean, Vardy's going to miss two games because he, he got a straight red, right? And Basaka's only going to miss one because mm. he got a yellow and a red. Whatever. Anyway, Vardy's due back September 15th. Um, yeah, I mean, Vardy's probably a drop. You can go to anybody in the, the 9.0 and under striker range, and there's ton, there's tons of options there to, to go to. Murata is a, is a great segue to go to, but we'll get into Murata in a little bit. Um, yeah, so if you're a Vardy owner, I would probably drop. Um, but if you currently don't want to waste a transfer, you have other urgent needs. You can bury him on the bench, put your third sub. Only if you don't own the other guy with a red card, Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Um, Bissaka is a, is a definite hold because you're not going to gain anything by him going down to 3.3 or lose anything by him going to 3.9. His value to your team is still going to be 4.0. Um, anybody who's not a Wan-Bissaka owner, this is probably a good time to buy him next week because if he goes down in price, 
you're going to get a starting defender at 3.9. Um, yeah. So from that standpoint, Bissaka is probably, if you own him, bury him as your third sub. If you don't currently own him, it's probably a good time to buy at a 3.9 discount in two weeks when he comes back. Um, yeah, I mean, it, what I, I guess we'll call it a foul. I, I keep hearing that the hems and haws that he did touch him, he didn't touch him, blah, 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 whatever. It, it doesn't matter. It, he's not going to play this week. So it doesn't matter. Just get him out of your get him get him out of your starting lineup and just bury him on your bench. That's the best advice I can say. Yeah, and the most unfortunate thing about that Aaron Wambasaka uh, quote unquote tackle is that not only did a lot of people lose Wambasaka as their cheap 4.0 useful midfield or defender, but it also prevented a Mohamed Salah goal. So yeah. it was it was kind of double trouble there um, for a lot of owners. Uh, other things of note that happened. Um, Harry Kane actually scored in August. Look at that! Yay! Who? I, it didn't really happen though. I think it's an illusion. It was like a Penn and Teller thing. It, like <laughs> they, they came out like a magic curtain and went ta da! And, and no, during the celebration, they brought down the fooler sign. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it's good for him. Maybe he's off the Schneid now. And you know, unfortunately, Spurs. You know, they do have a tougher matchup this week. Going traveling to United. Um, you know, and it's still in August. So, I mean, you still get – it's kind of like a double bug bite there. And when, whenever time you get a double bug bite and you're getting, you know, double negatives to, to push it to the uh, – you know, to a positive, it doesn't work that way. I, I, I'm still waiting on Harry Kane even just because of his price. And, listen, history has a, hit, a way of repeating itself. Yes, he did, he did get off the schneid. But are you really going to bring him in just if you didn't own him and say, you know what? He's going to score against United and Mourinho because they gave up three to Brighton. It does. It doesn't work that way. United's going to come out, come out of this match pissed off because they just got shellacked by Brighton and gave up three goals. Yeah. Uh, you know, and Mourinho is, you know, unfortunately, um, playing for his job. <laughs> I guess they're playing for his job. Yeah. Uh, and year know, three with Mourinho, he's basically always playing for his job and not really doing it well. Yeah, the funny thing, a lot of my good mates are are United fans, and they're they're from they're from the we'll call it, we'll call it the old country. Yeah, we'll call it the old country because because we're in the new country because we beat them in in seventeen seventy six. Uh, but yeah, so so we're in the they're, they're big United fans, and they don't they don't see it going much further than it is, you know, basically what's he's already basically lost the the players around him. They don't you know they're not playing up to him or playing any kind of strategy. United basically look, look like they're playing zombie ball. They don't have any purpose. Um, I, I'd honestly be surprised and be so bold to say is I, I don't think Mourinho makes it to Boxing Day. Yeah, on the EPL, we were saying, do we think he makes it to Christmas? And everybody was saying no as well. So it uh, seems like we've all kind of reached a consensus there in our brains. And and it's obvious from seeing how Fine, they play. Fine, I'll be bolder. He won't make it to Thanksgiving. We'll oh, make it snap. We'll they, Americanize the hell out of him. Yeah, they don't really celebrate that, but we'll we'll let him know. But it's the fourth Thursday of November. Write it go. down. Um, and usually there's Europa League football on and American football on at the same time. It makes for some very interesting conversations. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so th- that was obviously interesting. You mentioned that it's a tougher matchup this weekend against Manchester United. They did just concede to Brighton. Just gut instinct. Do you think United bounce back this week or is just more of the same? Uh, I don't know. How much, how much can they bounce back against a, a top six team? Like Spurs, I mean Spurs are—they're not—they not, haven't shown that they're the eliteness yet. But they've only given up one goal in two games, uh, each of the two games. Yeah. So I mean they're not far off from where they were. Um, the only problem with Spurs is that you know they're conceding and they're not 
you know, they've, they've scored two and they scored three. But look at the opponents that they've scored two and they've scored three against, but yeah. they've given up a goal against Newcastle and Fulham. Are, are you sh- confident enough that Spurs, given a better opponent, is going to duplicate what they've been doing against Newcastle and Fulham is the best question I, I guess I can, you know, rephrase back to you yeah. because you are the Spurs guy. I think they probably concede. I wouldn't be all buying in on United or Spurs players this week, uh, you know. And it's funny because you want you wanted to talk about uh, Ben Davis and Christian Eriksen mm-hmm. and people owning them. You know, both of them had the same same amount of return in two games. Both have played both you know full minutes, and they both are sitting on four points. Uh, if if you owned either of those guys right now, are you are you transferring them out and seeing what else is out there? Yeah, it's not a fun time for. Uh... Erickson Davis owners, especially if you're, you know, you have friends that were Delhi and Trippier and are just basking in their own glory right now. Um, I'm willing to stick with Erickson through this week um, just because he's still, you know, third in chances created, which he always would be. There are very concerning things about Erickson, though, like the fact that Trippier took the free kick and was taking corners from the right while Erickson was taking them from the left. A lot of Erickson's value came from his very high floor based on the fact that he took both of those, both free kicks and corners. Um, he hadn't been doing them particularly well, but there's still the upside that he could. Um, and so the fact that Trippier is eating into that is concerning. Um, his price tag makes him a little concerning because I think Delhi's also on 9.5 if memory serves. 9.1. He just went up in price. Oh, he was at 9.0. Ooh. Uh, yeah. I mean, Delhi definitely seems the better choice right now. I'm willing to stick with Erickson um, at the moment uh, as he was part of my original draft. Um, where I was trying to get the three best midfielders in. So for a week, I had Salah, Erickson, and De Bruyne. Then, obviously, De Bruyne got hurt. Erickson kind of struggling now. Um, And he is playing deeper, for whatever it's worth, for people that are unaware of that. Um, Because we played a 3-4-3 at the weekend, and then it was, well, ish. (laughs) Let's not get into it. But basically, Erickson was playing, quote-unquote, next to Eric Dyer, further back. And then Deli Ali was getting forward, as was... uh, Lucas Mora and uh, Harry Kane, obviously. Lucas, obviously, uh, has looked very good as well. But if, if you're an Erickson owner or a Davis owner, uh, well, Erickson's different. Erickson, I am concerned about high price tag. I'm giving him this week, and it's a, not an easy one in theory against United. And then we'll reassess. Ben Davis is still interesting because I'm not. Ben Davis is far further ahead of Danny Rose in the left backpacking order than um, Kieran Trippier is ahead of Serge Aurier. Mm-hmm. So while, yes, if Trippier is on set pieces, much better owned than Ben Davis. But I think Ben Davis is going to start like five to ten more matches this season in the Premier yeah, I, League. I'm not confident that, you know, Trippier is probably going to get the United start. And then I probably can say that when they come out of international break, he doesn't start. I think it depends on who plays more during the international break. If, if Trippier or Aurier, that's pretty funny. They run. <laughs> Um, who, whoever you know is fresher coming out of the break. Yeah, and is, then we're going to have to start dealing with Champions League rotation, and we know yeah. Poch loves that. Yep, yeah, Champions League starts two weeks after, two weeks after that, or ten days after that, whatever yeah. after the fourth game week. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it's listen. If if you're a Trippi owner and you own him from the start, you, you know you're you're basking in the 11, 11 points that you've garnered right now. Yeah, but if you look at the the defensive uh, of of Tottenham right now. Everybody's basically flip flopping on scoring. Vertonghen was game week one. Trippier was game week two. You know anybody? It could be anybody's bowl game in game week three. And I, I agree with you that if you own da- own Davis, I think that you're sitting on him until you're ready to make a wild card move. You know the six dot six dot investment isn't that bad, but look at what 
Spurs defenders are giving you minus the clean sheets. They're not yeah. giving you anything. You know, you can't really rely on defensive goals and defensive assists every week because they're not. You're not going to get it. You know, the Spurs' bread and butter here is is the clean sheet, and that's why you're owning Ben Davis. That's why you're owning Jan Vertonghen. Right. You're owning Trippier because you he, you think he's going to get involved more for the same price that six dot But there's a rotation risk, which is why I probably believe what I'm believing exactly what you're saying, Kev, by saying that I think that Davis, at the, when all said and done, is going to get you know three three out of every four starts, whereas or um, he's going to get all four starts, whereas Trippier may get three into the four. Yeah, and and over the season that obviously accumulates. I mean, you you could potentially find a rotation that you like to make up for that. But all in all, I think they will probably end up on similar total points because Davis will play more, a little less effectively. Trevier will play less and pretty effectively. Yeah. The one thing I will say on Davis is if you don't already have Mendy and you have the money to spare, that yeah. seems a very easy and smart move. If you already have Mendy and Davis and they're your two big hitters, like we're saying, just keep rolling with them. But if you have the money and can make that switch, I mean, what Mendy's doing is just ridiculous, both in real life and in fantasy thus far. Yeah, yeah, it's um, cra- it's, cra- it's crazy for Mendy. Mendy is is definitely uh, if if Marcus Alonso isn't you know one A for for own ability for defenders, that then Mendy's definitely one A. Yeah, totally agree. And uh, we didn't do a show week one, so we didn't get to do a huge, oh my gosh, defenders are really good this year. But that's okay. We did it in our show before the season started. Because we told you this is what you should have done. <laughs> right. We, we already covered this. Um, yeah. But it is worth noting, uh, eight clubs have had a goal or assist provided by a wing back. 18 of the, I think, oh, crap. I think it's 18 of the 60 goals. Is it wow. 60 goals that have been scored already? Anyway, 18 of them, I think it was 30%, um, have come from uh, wingbacks. So, that's, a high, that's a high number. Yeah. Is that so, including def- – is that all defenders? No, or that's just wingbacks, just wingbacks exclusively. Right. Yeah. When you add in the other ones, I know there's five or six other ones just off the top of my head. Vertonghen got a goal. Steve Cook got a goal. Yep, yep. And know. Cook had an assist as well in that match, I yeah. think. So, yeah. I mean, I mean there's, there's definitely – I want to know what percentage of overall goals are scored by defenders right now. Um, I will uh, use it as a reply to the show post. <laughs> I'll figure that out later tonight. Um, but anyway, like we're saying, we're not shocked by the defense boom because we thought that was going to happen. It, it's a little crazier than even we thought, but it's the the concept is not really that shocking to us. Uh, humble brag. <laughs> um, other things uh, worth bringing up uh, for Chelsea, Alvaro Morata scores, and it was a good finish. Uh, the ball in was a little easier than it should have been, but we can talk about Arsenal and Unai Emery at a later date. <laughs> but uh, the fact that Morata scored and then immediately afterward talked about how his play style is much uh, more suited towards Sarri's game, the fact that he isn't always playing with his back to goal. He was obviously a big investment last year. We believed at times, and then it just kind of progressively got worse, either on the Chelsea side or the FPL side. Are, are you buying into Morata saying that he's going to be better now? Uh Listen, the the problem with Murata it was always him finishing. Um, he couldn't hit the he couldn't hit water if he fell in a boat sometimes last year. And <laughs> the goal we the goal he scored last week, at least it was on target. That's the one thing I'm positive about as being a Chelsea fan. Two, the service is phenomenal. The service the service of the pass was, you know, it should have been defended better, but the service was phenomenal on the pass. So listen, if if he's going to continue to get passes like that from from the broad reaches of whoever's playing the the wide side for Chelsea. Whether it be Pedro, William, Hazard, you know, uh, Alonso being being pushed up up top, Jorginho, 
Conte, you know, they have guys who can give give Murata the ball. Whether he can adjust his own game to staying in that that mentality where, okay, this is where I have to be at the right time instead of playing with his back to goal where he basically he shun he shunders at so he can't do it. Murata's um, more of a move forward. You know, it's like basically if anybody listed, plays fantasy football, the American style football, there's a tight end and then there's a move tight end. Rob Gronkowski is a move tight end. You know, there's other guys who are the tight ends, but they mm. don't move like like Rob Gronkowski or Travis Kelsey. Uh, Murata to me is that move forward. Benteke is not a move forward. Benteke's like a here I am. I'm, I'm a block of granite. Give me the ball. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna shank it to the corner flag. Um, but yeah, that to me is the difference between Murata and another another forward. I, I'm anxiously hoping with Chelsea's upcoming schedule being as it's it's cushy. It's not fantastic because I think people are overrating some of the some of the fixtures that they're playing. Newcastle shown very good life at the beginning of the year. Bournemouth can pretty much shown that they score on anybody. Cardiff is is probably the giveaway game there. Um, and West Ham they they like to give up goals, and I think Murata is you know is good for that run. So if you want to wait and see uh, wait after the at Newcastle fixture and bring him in for the Bournemouth-Cardiff-West Ham stretch, I, I'm all for it because what we're getting out of the returns from the 7.0 strikers isn't isn't what's going – and you're not getting anything from, from Bobby Ditto, uh, Firmino. So, I mean, there's a natural downgrade right there given Firmino's price to Murata. Um, you know, if you want to take a gamble and, and go with Murata, sure. I just don't know how – I think Chelsea is going to – the goals are going to be spread around – Chelsea to me look like they're going to have like five or six guys or four or five guys score like ten goals this year. You know, maybe the top set top guy has like thirteen. You know, and and Murata is definitely going to be in that you know that you know that grouping. But is he going to have thirteen or is he going to have ten? Is he going to score a goal and then go away for five weeks? That's the, that's the problem with Murata's sustainability for FPL is is he going to give you more than one goal every every thir- every three weeks? That's that's where you need him to be viable at his price tag at nine yeah, kind of Lukaku-esque in that way. Like, even Very last sick. year when he started and he was scoring one per week, we were still talking about, like, is he still really worth it? And, and I didn't mean to bring this up, but now that you kind of have, Mohamed Salah has a goal and two assists. Only? Well, for 13, yeah. Hmm. Like, I, I guess uh, this can expand into something we did talk about, talking about lol, um, which was right now, who would be your your Liverpool three? Uh, it would be I. I'm actually I'll say this as a Salah and a Robertson owner. If I could reconfigure my team right now and get get my get a third Liverpool player in, it would be Salah, Mane, and Joe Gomez. Yeah, not a bad show. What is Gomez on five? Five. Yeah, that, that's that's pretty good. I have Alexander Arnold, and I think he's five. Yeah, but- yeah, he's fine. I think Memory he's fine. As well. Yeah, but, but he he apparently loves picking up a yellow card every gosh darn match. Yeah. So if he could stop that, that would be swell. But yeah, Joe Gomez does look really good. And yeah, he's by that, I mean far better than Lovren. He's basically pacing Virgil van Dyke stat-wise. And basically, yeah. every, if everybody's lauding Virgil for playing such a great... I mean, he's arguably one of the best central defenders in, in the Premier League. Yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. But what, this is fantasy. It's a completely different game. If you look at their side-by-side stats, bonus points, passes, you know, clearances, Joe Gomez is basically pacing with with uh, Virgil Van Dyke step for step. And you know, the the biggest indicator to me is 
you know, who's getting all the bonus points on defense for Liverpool. And if you look at it, uh, Joe Gomez is only four four bonus point system points away from Virgil van Dijk. So in real life, yes, he's passing the eye test, Virgil van Dijk. But in fantasy game, you know, they're, they're leaning that he's just on par with Joe Gomez. So for a dollar, I'd rather have some involvement in the Liverpool defense but but save the dollar and reinvest that somewhere else up the up in the the front stretches of your team. Yeah, and it's worth noting on Mane. Not only does he look fantastic and he's racking up hell of points, he actually gets bonus points. Unlike Mohamed Salah. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're kind of on this Liverpool topic, um, I would find it very hard to own both Salah and Mane. Yeah. Um, but if this continues, I may because I still have all this De Bruyne money just sitting in my bank. Mm-hmm. Um, because I made that move at the last minute, and it was going to be Bernardo and Aguero, and at the last second, I switched it to De Bruyne and Tosin, and that has not worked out super great. But yeah. um, I mean, I mean, listen, your your third Liverpool player could be could be Allison, I, and I wouldn't have true. any problem arguing with a five dot five goalkeeper. Yeah, he right also now. looks be- very good. Because if you're if you're looking for an investment point and a differential point on a Liverpool team. How many people are going to own Allison, Joe Gomez, and Mane instead of Salah, Robertson, uh, you know, TAA? Or, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah, no, that's a good point. If, if, if there there are so many players at Liverpool that are worth owning, that there are differentials. An interesting one on that note is James Milner, <laughs> considering. Well, I mean, he started and uh, got the penalty. Oh wait, oh snap! I might be leaking goal things into this. Is he listed as a midfielder in the official game? Yeah. Ah, boo. In the goal game, he's listed as a defender, yeah, which makes him he, really interesting. And the official game, never mind. Shut up. I didn't talk about him. Yeah. But, I mean, listen. It, 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 it hurts Milner, Firmino again. Yeah. I mean, but I just don't think there's enough, you know, I don't think there's enough balls in FPL managers to own James Milner at 5.5 five to, yeah. to bypass the possibility of points from, from Sadio Mane, who basically killed me because that was my coin flip in the beginning of the year, Sadio Mane or, or Alexis Sanchez. Obviously, I'm stupid right now, but um, you know, I I just don't see him as part of that involvement of three. I think it's Mane, Salah, maybe if you're holding out hope for Firmino, you have the three, the four defensemen: Robertson, TAA, Gomez, v, uh, Virgil Van Dyke, and Allison. From that group, you have to pick three, and you know, given that given that I just gave you seven guys, and you know, you can use three out of that conf- configuration. That's that's a lot of possibilities of different different mix-ups and, and change-ups on how you want to play it. Yeah. Um, the other uh, player I wanted to mention uh, is Callum Wilson because he is rocking everything statistically right now. Um, well, he's fourth in total goals scored, but he's top five in shots on target. He has the most touches in the box already this season. Are you mm. buying in yet? I love when guys touch in the box. <laughs> uh, am I buying in? I, I I can't say yes because I, I preseason wise I I thought Josh King was going to be the guy. Um, you know it, it pains me that Callum Wilson is showing very good fleet of footness. I will guess we'll call it. It's like how he was playing before his injury, like two yeah. and a half years ago. Yeah, literally. Um, I mean, yes, you could buy into Callum Wilson because his price tag six dot one. Um, you're not going to buy. I don't think you're going to bring him in for the next four games. That's the only problem. If you're if you don't already own him, you're not going to bring him in for Everton, Chelsea, Leicester, Burnley. I don't think. Um, I think you probably look somewhere else because 
the, the, the one fixture that you're looking at that's staring in the face is, is the at-Chelsea game. So you're not going to bring him in for two games at Everton at, at Chelsea because Everton does have the capability to to blank people. They just haven't shown it yet. But they do have defensive capabilities to, to keep people out of net. Leicester, not so much. Burnley, you know, Turf Moore has turned into Turf Score. Um, but Oh. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> uh, TM. I just TM that. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Callum Wilson 6.1 price tag is the only reason that people would be, I think, intrinsically gravitated to him. Um, you know, but like I said before, the the 7.0 strike, strikers that were on the board preseason, wh- what are they? What are they doing that's jumping out to everybody now? You know, anybody would have guessed that Troy Deeney would have more points than Arnautovic? No, probably Zaha, not. No, I mean, Dean, Troy Deeney. And Callum Wilson both sit on 14 points. They they both have scored more points than Zaha and Tosin con- combined. So, I mean, nobody would have guessed that by a thousand percent. And Watford, to me, are are the surprise team of the first two games. You know, everybody could say other teams, but I think what Watford are doing and showing, nobody expected that. Nobody expected Andre Gray to be this fluid and 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 capable of doing what they did. Troy Deeney looks rejuvenated, but how? How long can he do it? He's he's looks like he's forty five in a thirty one year old body or, <laughs> or whoever old he is. Um, you know, I, the, the 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 lower stretches of of the the forward ranks are just just crazy right now because to me you you have to own Aguero because I think you just have to, um, and then then you have the Harry Kane dilemma when it, when the clock when the when the month turns and then you have Murata. And then, then you bring up the the Salah and Mane involvement in midfield. Where do you, what do you do there? That's a lot of big big ticket items. I, it's tough to find out where the where the money's going to go, Kev. It really is, and it's almost a blessing uh, in the fantasy sphere. People on the Prem Show know that I don't celebrate injuries, but um, the fact that De Bruyne has been removed from this equation because that's just another place for money to go. But th- this was always the concern, uh, although. Fortunately, Aubameyang hasn't really found his scoring boots yet, but that was the concern, especially mm-hmm. for me. Somebody who decided to play the midfield uh, play this season was, what do you do if Aguero and Kane start scoring and Aubameyang? Um, and now Aguero and Kane have both scored, and so now it, it becomes question time. That's kind of what I was saying with Firmino, is I think he has one more match for me, um, and if he doesn't score, I may use the remaining De Bruyne money to move up from Firmino up to Aguero. And then just kind of go from there. I mean, those city fixtures, and we knew this from freaking fixture release day. Their opening stretch was just going to be so kind. Um, and now that it looks like even if Jesus starts, that doesn't automatically mean that Aguero is is displaced from the squad. I think I, I agree with you. I think Aguero just looks too good to pass up right now. Yeah, I think the, the other thing that's helping you know everybody decide on where they want to go is Man City's inconsistency. I mean. If you want to be inconsistent, you want to call them inconsistent. It's, it's a loose term here. But the inconsistent player, their midfield. There's nobody jumping up and being like a must-own from the Man City uh, midfield. And that includes yeah, Bernardo Yeah, the Silva. Sterling, Sané, Bernardo, yeah, Mahrez. Ster- Sterling's out overpriced. Sané is not getting consistent minutes. Um, you know, David Silva had a, a cracker of a goal. And, you know, But are you going to jump up and, and commit 8.4 to, to David Silva? You know Bernardo Silva. There's and then you have Mares lying in the weeds at 9.0. He's only got he's only sitting on two points this year. So I mean, thank God that the City midfield suck for fantasy, kind of. 
you know, 10, 10, 9, 7 are their top three scores in midfield, which is better than a lot, a lot of teams. Spurs. Uh, mm-hmm. I just thank God they suck because it makes the choices a little bit easier. Yeah, agreed. Um, all right, we're going to take a break and then we'll be back with a version of Start Sits. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, and we are back. Uh, I'll lead in up first. Uh, for the start, we just talked about him. Aguero is the obvious one. Um, just, you know, hard to ignore the hat trick. Too short of the Premier League record. Uh, held by Alan Shearer for all-time Premier League hat-tricks. He was on 11, Aguero, like I said, on 9. Um, the less obvious one, and we did mention Wilson, um, but the less obvious one for me is Mitrovic, who looked very good against Tottenham and, and a strong back line there, um, with, which finally had Alderweireld back, had Devinson Sanchez in there. Um, but he, Mitrovic looked very, very good, um, and he's currently up there in uh, shots on target, top five currently. Um and you know what, I I've, uh, will admit that I have a bit of a soft spot for him, um, but I genuinely think he could be a real threat this week um, as he's playing against Burnley, who <laughs> have to deal with these midweek fixtures already, which mm-hmm. is crazy. But they've been dealing with Europa League since July. Like, mm-hmm. this this team is already tired, and you can see it. Their attack is not very established at getting forward. They aren't holding onto the ball well. And while... Burnley's defense, we all know, has has developed very well, and they threw in Joe Hart there, and you know <laughs> it could have been worse. <laughs> they held Southampton to zero goals at least. Um, I'm less confident in their ability to defend when their midfield can't hold on to the ball. So um, I they don't think have the depth. They don't have the depth as a team. They don't have the depth Europa. for Europa League now, let alone you know yeah. if they actually yeah. make it into the competition proper. Totally Sorry. agree with you, Rob. Um, so yeah, Aguero's the obvious one. Mitro is the less obvious one. In midfield, I have to eat a little bit of crow because um, I was pretty anti-Mictarian coming into the season. Uh, I recognized that his assist numbers per game were incredible because he didn't play that many games and he had like nine assists. Um, But the creation stats weren't there. And that's what I was really worried about coming into this year, even while recognizing that 7.0 was a really good value for him. Um, But now, not only did he have a goal and an assist against Chelsea and arguably could have had more, uh, but he leads the league in chances created at the moment. And listen, this is a two-week sample size. So let's try to not get too carried away. But the fact that he's that high up after matches against City and Chelsea is actually very encouraging to me. Um, so I'm all for Mkhitaryan. Um, and he's facing West Ham, who thus far have the second-worst defense. Again, I'm not really comfortable with all these stats until we've had at least a sample size of five. 
but they don't look good and the names aren't good. So I feel like you can both assume that McTarian is going to be better this year and you can assume that West Ham aren't going to be better in defense this year. <laughs> uh, obviously, we'll find out more as the season goes, but both of those things look likely. Um, in defense, uh, you have to own Mendy. You, you just have to. Not only are City looking very strong at the back, they conceded like the one shot on target that they allowed. Um, and he looks good in defense, but he's also just so dangerous getting forward. And we knew this when he came over from Monaco. Um, but then obviously uh, the chance for us to see him in FPL was robbed of us last year because of injury. Um, but now I just don't see how you cannot own him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Mendy is probably, like I said, if, if there's a, own, a must own defender, it's either Alonso or... Or Mendy, and they're both in the same price bracket-ish. So, I mean, I'll start on defense. Yeah. Uh, I mentioned it before. It's Joe Gomez for me. Uh, people are having a problem with, you know, Robertson. Not, I mean, he, he's a, but Robertson is the best bonus point option you have there defensively. Um, if you're a Salah Mane guy, you're probably owning one of the, you know, the four defenders that I mentioned before, Robertson, TAA, Van Dyke, or, and my favorite, Gomez, because Gomez is basically pacing himself with with VVD and giving you the same amount of return. So at a dollar cheaper, I'm going with with Joe Gomez. Um, Midfielders, you know, I'm kind of unprepared because I didn't really do this. Um, (laughs) You know, I'll I'll go with Ryan Frazier for Bournemouth. Um, Ooh. Looks decent. Getting enough enough run there. Bournemouth look very fluid because of – a certain Callum Wilson. So I guess his ability to open up play is allowing Ryan Frazier to be that we listen. Ryan Frazier is a DFS darling. Me and Kevin have talked his, his praises up high to up teen times mm-hmm. because he's always involved in good play, good wide side play. But for fantasy official game, he's actually starting to show that the goals and the assists are carrying over from the ulterior stats that, that counted in DFS. So I think Ryan Frazier at 5.5, if you're looking for a punt, you know, if you're stuck on, you know, you went early season and you went with the Tom Carneys and, you know, the Nevises and the, you know, the Jotas, guys that, you know, aren't really giving you a ton of return based on where what you're doing because you may not be starting those guys anyway. So why not bring in a 5.5 guy that you could possibly have a starting option with? And Ryan Frazier is that guy. Uh, up top. It's going to be Kelechi Anacho for me because there's no Jamie Vardy. It's an easy decision at Southampton. Southampton's going to ship a goal. Yeah. is going to be up there by himself. There's no Okazaki. Uh, you know, Madison is playing phenomenal in the 10 role. I know I keep, everywhere, I, everywhere I turn on FPL, everybody likes to copy themselves and, and be the next person to write about the fourth president where we were talking about him about six weeks ago when we probably first did our first podcast. Um, listen, the guy's a playmaker. Ianacho is going to benefit from that. Southampton's not going to benefit from that. Ianacho gets. I think I'll be so. I'll be bold again today. I think Ianacho gets two this week. Ooh. I see, I see. He gets. A, I gets. A, he gets braces this week. He goes to the orthodontist in Southampton and gets braces. I'll be honest. I would not be surprised if Southampton mix up their back line this week. Um, yeah. And that could obviously lead to communication gaps that Ianacho could pounce on with his just like quick burst pace. Yeah. Um, forward sit. Uh, if anybody watched the the Palace game against Liverpool, don't own don't own Christian Benteke. It's not even a, it's not even an option. Don't even look at him. Um, you know, every like this is this is the part where I, I'm going to repeat myself again. Anybody in that 7.0 striker range that you believed in for the first you know couple games of the season, now is the gut check time that you want to see 
what you have in your players. If you can manipulate, you know, a Tosin or an Arnautovic into somebody else and maybe strike gold for a one game thing before you wild card after the, you know, the, the international break or whatever, this is the time. Uh, if you want to make a move, you know, for somebody who has a better matchup than, than you think. You know, Steve Munia has a, has a great matchup this week against Everton. I think he may score. Firmino is a, is a questionable thing, but he's 9.5. So I'm just reading down a list of, of scores. That's why if, if it sounds stupid, it's because it's I am stupid. But, um, yeah. Don't this be too gut- hard on yourself now, right? Yeah. This is a gut check time <laughs> for, for those for those low-priced forwards. If, if you own the wrong ones, you're obviously trailing in points, and you're probably panicking because you don't own the right ones. You know, you went with, you went with Tosun, and you should have went with – Callum Wilson, you know, you went with, you know, somebody, you went with Zaha and you should have went with Dini. You know, there, there's, listen, this is, this is the time, this is the third week of the season. If these guys don't prove it this week, I think the three week games that you've seen are basically a, a telltale sign that you should ship yourself to somebody else. Um, through the midfield, anybody from West Ham, how about that? <laughs> Robert Snodgrass. Let's go Robert Snodgrass. Um, yeah, West Ham, they're not getting much through the midfield at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, midfielder scoring-wise, their leading scorer is Arthur Masawaku. That is not a good sign for for West Ham, who shelled out almost $200 million this year to enforce their team. Uh, Yarmolenko just not showing anything. Antonio not showing anything. Felipe Anderson not showing anything. This is basically what we and Kevin were worried about in the preseason, how well these guys would adjust and adapt and be the players that they were three years ago, but maybe in a tougher league and and show their listen. I'm not saying don't don't ignore them the whole year. Just it's just dry stretch yeah. a time, especially going against against Arsenal, who's going to come into this game a little pissed off because they they lost against Chelsea in the in a derby game, and Arsenal is home. So I mean, just look at the point returns for for midfielders in West Ham, and there's nothing there that you can you know light a candle to or take on a take the prom. Because uh, if, you if, you you were a Arnie guy. Do you have him? And if not, should people be shipping him? I don't. And if you do, like I said, this is a time that you should probably gamble on somebody else in that same exact price range for one or two weeks, and then after when you wild card, completely just change the whole system. Because I think that what we're seeing through West Ham is zero involvement from the midfield. Their defense is getting peppered. Kevin, here's a here's a funny stat. Through two games, West Ham have zero points on defense. Ooh. You know, I mean there's there's a there's zero points from all the defenders on West Ham. That is just showing where the where the play and the pace of play. I don't care what I'm seeing on tape because if I'm looking at this from a fantasy perspective, Arthur Masawaku is your total point scorer for midfield with four. That means he's gotten two points in two games. For both games. Yeah. That is disgusting. For a team that had high expectations like West Ham, the, the involvement through the midfield is there. And if you're owning Arnautovic, yes, he has one goal, through, and he scored it last week against Bournemouth, but I'm not trusting it. I'd probably rather rather gamble on a on a one-week one-off against, like, with Andre Gray or a, or a Kelechi Iannaccio yeah. having a... And, a, a and it's worth noting that their schedule does not get better. No. It, Arsenal, it Wolves, it Everton, Chelsea, United, Brighton away, Tottenham, Leicester, Burnley. That's yeah. that's through November tenth. That is yeah. not a fun time. Mm-mm. No, and like this is what we we talked about this how how yep. well they, the players were going to adjust and how fast they were going to be able to adapt, and they're just not. You know, if West Ham is relying on Jack Wilshire to be the the facilitator through the defensive midfield, they get they're, they they might as well pack up and stop stop playing now. They're finishing sixteenth or lower. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, on defense, uh, sit anybody with United or Spurs. They're both. I think they both get on the board and they're going to negate everybody. I don't think anybody's really owning a United defender right now, but there are some Spurs guys that are still holding out for clean sheets. Mm. You know, Trippier may get involved with a lot of the set-piece stuff, but, you know, I, I hate chasing points because most of your defensive love comes from clean sheets, and I, I think both teams gets on the gets on the board here. Yeah, I mean, United versus Tottenham, both teams probably going to get on the board. And uh, converse to that, though, I have Lukaku, who I'm not starting, even though it's worth noting he does fit the physical profile of the kind of forwards that Tottenham tend to struggle with. And this goes back to my comment from the beginning of the show, is one goal from Lukaku does not warrant owning him. Um, And I don't think he'll score more than that. It's worth noting, well, I'll just ask you, where do you think United rank 1-20 to in chances created? Mm, not very high. Correct. They're probably like 17th. 18th, yeah. There you go. It's not good. You're very good at those guessing games when we do that. But they're they're second to third to last? How does that work? Do you count the one? They're yeah, 18th they're- out of 20. <laughs> um, and it's not really looking much better. This play style is trudging. Um, a lot of the passing looks like they don't know who each other are. Obviously, Martial being thrown in instead of Alexis was surprising, but Martial is not as bad of a player as he looked, um, in my opinion, at the weekend as well. It, it was just really embarrassing. I, I fully admit that if anybody's going to score against Tottenham for United, it might be Lukaku, but I don't think that's worth owning him. And considering how few chances created there are, I don't know how you could think that they would. And as you said, the fact that Tottenham have scored one in each of their last two matches, both come from lapses, neither of them um, looked very repeatable in those matches. I, I'm I'm thinking Lukaku is uh, not, not looking only, super swell here. You should um, not be on, friends don't let friends own Romelu Lukaku. <laughs> they sure don't. Um, in midfield, this one's a, a, a toughie for me. Because if I was anyone but myself, I would say it's Ericsson. So um, we'll go with that here. But as I mentioned before, not taking all of the corner kicks. He's taking half of them. Not taking all of the free kicks with uh, Trippier taking his and scoring it. And at 9-5, I mean, this is what we're talking about. I mean, at value, four points through two matches at 9.5 with United up next. Um, and then I think there's somebody that's not hard. And then Liverpool, if memory serves. Yeah, Watford away, and then Liverpool, and then Brighton away, which I think we've seen you have to chalk up as a difficult match. Um, mm-hmm. Not saying that you know nobody will win or score. Um, United do get, did get two, after all, though one of them was a super late penalty. Um, but that is not a fun stretch. As for myself, I said I'm holding on to him through this week, and if he doesn't do anything, then I'll move on. But for other people, it may be wise to just move on now. Um, in defense... Um, I'm getting rid of, uh, well, not actually, because I already used my move to upgrade to Mendy, um, which, by the way, I'll just confess now, I had uh, Alexander-Arnold and Laporte to save money from Mendy and Robertson, and uh, you get what you pay for, is, is <laughs> what that's looking like. Um, but the the two defenders that I was considering at the end, and I picked Cedric over, but Cedric and Daniels are the two wingbacks not getting to play part in this. Wingbacks are amazing period. Um, Southampton do not look very good defensively. Cedric himself had a pretty shocking match last last week. Um, and both of them are still fairly highly owned, and I think it's time to move off of both of them. Also, bonus round, Sel De Gea. He's not worth the extra. I'm not even sure he'd be better than Ederson if he was 5.5 right now. Mm, that's true. Right? I mean, I listen, we said, we said all of last year that Manchester United's individual defenders weren't very good. 
And then they signed no new defenders. Well, they signed Delote, but he's not supposed to matter yet. So I don't know why everybody's like shocked that Baye and Lindelof, players <laughs> that have played together like twice, are struggling yeah. next to each other. They still have wingers playing at both wingback positions just because you converted them somewhere between two and four years ago, depending on which one you're talking about. doesn't make them good. Like Luke Shaw has, has done fairly well considering how horrible everyone else has been and how horrible he himself had been in stretches when he came back and he was hurt. Uh, after he was mm-hmm. hurt, sorry. But I'm not encouraged by this Manchester United defense. And David De Gea has not looked his normal Superman self, which is the only reason he was worth owning to begin with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, listen, if you're going to pay for a pricey goalie right now, it's Allison, and, and that's it. To me. Yeah. That's just me. No, no keeper for you, Kepa? Aretha Balaga? Aretha? No. Aretha Franklin Balaga? No. Aw, RIP and peace, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That was sad. It is, you know, but listen, she lived a good life. Yep. Well, the beginning wasn't so great. She turned it around. She had a super yeah. great life in the end. Um, yeah. All right, well, somewhere, it's... Uh, somewhere in the middle, she did good. Yeah, for sure. Um, any other uh, thoughts, concerns, questions, qualms, nonsense? Mm. No, I'm good. All right, I don't want to share my personal team right now. It's garbage. Um, I'm not going to make you do it either because we're already at 45 minutes. But I'm everybody, wild home, carding. you I'm are. Wild carding. I'm wild carding, so that's all that matters. Right now? Um, no, I'm go- I'm wild carding this week because I basically didn't pay attention to my team last week because, like I said, I was sick and just was in a malaise of stupid. So I just didn't do anything. So I'm going through and make wild carding my team. Right oh now. dang! You aren't you aren't giving it the one more week? Nope. Wow. All right. Well, uh, we talked about coming into the show talking about whether or not people should stick with their preseason calls or if they should shift. And it sounds like you're shifting. So people at home, be aware of that. Um, all right. Uh, that'll do it for us today. Then I'm Kevin DeVries. You can find me on Twitter. At Kavaroff, you can find my writings over at Goal. Uh, also, listen to our Premier League and Championship shows, or you're a schmuck. Also, if you need to <laughs> read uh, live text commentaries, go over to Omnisport or Omnisport News. Um, and I'm going to stop talking now, Rob. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. And that's it, because I don't write anywhere anymore, because I'm officially a retired fantasy writer. Yeah, man, just, just waiting from that uh, jacket from Canton to arrive any day now. Um, but yep. thanks so much uh, for listening. Uh, people at home, sorry again about the disrupted listening schedule. You're probably used to it by now, but you probably weren't expecting it in week one. Um, unfortunately, like we said, we were both dealing with stuff we weren't able to overcome. Uh, but we should be back now. Uh, and if we're not, uh, sorry in advance. <laughs> but we should be good. <laughs> sorry again in advance. <laughs> yeah, but we should be good. Rob, pleasure speaking with you as always. Folks at home, best of luck to your fantasy teams. And we'll catch you next time. Peace. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.